with a lot of the Switch games were, especially with like limited run, the reason why we're waiting on some of those games to come out is because they want to have complete additions on the cartridge because they don't want to have to be reliant on digital downloads later because, I mean, at least limited run out of all of them, limited run's all about preservation versus just limited stuff. Right. They, their idea limited just because. Yeah, their idea is preservation. It's only limited because you don't have so much cash to do the orders. Exactly. Like, they round up to the nearest thousand or yeah. whatever what they do. And they'll bring them here because they, they're set up here today. And right. Yeah. Yeah. And I missed out again. Double Dragon 4. Oh, yeah. They didn't have it. The, the limited oh. edition version. I missed out again. What's, Por- what's, at Portland, like, they put it aside for me, and yeah. then I forgot to go back over after my table. What's the one you regret missing out on the most? For limited? Yeah. That was it. Yeah? Yeah, because I've gotten pretty much everything else. Like, I missed out on the the um, ukulele, but mm. then I was able to get that later. Like, I've gotten stuff yeah. later, yeah. so. I've wanted to get the uh, Night Trap. Night Trap. I missed out on that one, and that's the one I regret the most. Night it's Trap. It's a terrible game. Yeah. They have a limited one here. Really? At the limited run, so yeah. Okay, I'll have to, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, so yeah, yeah we're just doing a little pre pre panel. Yeah, banter. Because yeah, yeah we time yet? We were literally oh no, but no. like like literally we were like so we only have an hour like oh so we can <laughs> we could we yeah. can go the rest of the convention and talk switch like. Is there a, yeah. There's a vendor booth here for limited. Oh yeah, they're yeah. they're literally set up. Yeah. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. yeah, they have a lot of limited stuff here. Um, yeah. I was looking through it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they actually have a, they have copies of Curse of the Moon, the the NES version. Oh no way! Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I I was fortunate enough to be in a line at Disney and refreshed and bought it live. Jeez. I don't know how. I was in Disney like waiting to go on Expedition Everest or something with my daughter, and I'm like, oh. Bye. <laughs> no phone, just uh, to refresh on limited run games to buy it because you know pre-ordering that stuff is halfway a nightmare sometimes. Oh yeah. And so I just go regular editions because they have the open pre-order system for Switch, mm-hmm. which I dig. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we can now we can kick it off. Yeah. All right, so welcome to the panel. This is yeah. the Switch collecting Old, as a yeah. retro gamer, like yep. retro on the Switch, retro modern. Retro modern. modern retro. And there's some weird stuff that goes really down the rabbit hole. So I'm Jeffrey Wittenhagen. I'm an author and publisher. I've published books and games. So I brought my Hidden Gaming Gems book here. I'll show it for the video that Nick's doing too. Yeah. Um, this actual art is from 1992 by the guy who actually did the art for Power Blade. He drew this in 92. It was unused. There's a game Night and Grail in here that I used as an aftermarket 64 game. But this covers all the way from Pong all the way through the Switch. Um, of course, you know, you can't predict what a hidden gaming gem will be on a modern console. Right. But um, as I'm writing now, I'm writing the Switch Collector, which is going to launch 10 September. If you go to Switchopedia, like Encyclopedia, Switchopedia.com, and you can actually see the preview page, which will then be the launch page. Launches on the 10th, the week before the Switch Lite goes out. So mm-hmm. I figure that's a good time. To Perfect launch, I'm um, going to cover the first year, Volume One. Um, we're going to go all the way through the first cy- cycle. It's going to cover physical titles, digital to only titles that we want to see a physical release for, and everything down the rabbit hole. So yep. JP from JP Switch Mania is on there doing collectors. If I can get him to write, yeah, <laughs> he's like behind the power curve right now. I'm like, yeah. dude, we're about to launch. You got to be <laughs> done writing. Like, so doing that yep. though, I've come across some craziness though when it comes to like retro modern. So mm-hmm. I was asking you earlier, have you ever heard of a game called Soul? Dam, you know the Soul Dam game that's in the first year of the Switch. It's physical release, has a little fairy on the front. Looks like it might be like Wii style shovelware. Um, so it's a weird game. So researching, playing it, it's a 1992 arcade game for, in Japan only. Yep. And now it's a re reversion, a remastered version, a new version on the Switch. Right. So like right from year one, they were already jumping on the the retro revitalization is right. what I've been calling it. And uh, obscure. Yeah, and it's super yeah. obscure. Like nobody knows what Soul yeah. Dam is, but apparently it's like a extremely popular game in Japan. Yeah. Just, so it's just like it's a, it's just a puzzle, you know, falling block puzzle mm-hmm. game where you're matching up lines of colors across the way. So you can like sit there and you have to deal with like a lot of junk on the screen, and then you got to sort of start clearing things out as you make combos because it hits like you ever play Othello, like old school Othello. Mm-hmm. So it does that with them. So when you match up dissimilar colors, not the same colors, but 
different colors it'll like swap all the colors out too so you got to kind of plan but it's like it's right. apparently super addictive in japan yeah. and it's on the switch like we had the whole you know wonder boy dragon strat that came right. out where you can hit a button and go right over to the mesh system graphics which mm-hmm. is still looks beautiful in hd and the music yeah. too and the music too yeah, you can switch that too. yeah. which is awesome I, I like both versions that's the problem with some stuff <laughs> yeah. like that um, we were mentioning uh, Curse of the Moon. I mean, that's essentially right. a spiritual successor to Dracula's Curse, yeah. Castlevania Three, and you can switch all your characters on the fly. You can decide whether you want to kill them or not, which it's is really cool. How short it is, man. I love that game. <sighs> it is cool, though. Yeah. It, it's meant for multiple playthroughs, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so you still haven't done. You need to do your speech, Mayor. I haven't even told My anyone who I am. Hagger. Yeah. <laughs> Um, That's why I said, gotta do your speech. You gotta oh, tell them man. who you are. <laughs> Put me on the spot. I got my friends here and all. You got yeah. Stan. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> no. You from Street Fighter? Marvel vs. Capcom? Marvel vs. Capcom. <laughs> uh, Saturday Night Slam Masters. Yeah. Uh, Final Fight. One, two, and three. Just don't do your special move and knock your camera down. I know, right? <laughs> 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 Adjust it. Look at that. Yeah. That beautiful face. Pro. Yeah. <laughs> it's a pro. Ooh. <laughs> so, gathered you all here today to talk about something very serious. <sighs> Metro City's under attack. And I need your help. You see, there's this new gang in town called the Drifters. And they're breaking all the damn Joy-Cons. <laughs> and it's up to us. To make sure we stop them. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so, so, I said you needed to change the Mad Gear to Mad Gear Games, though. Mad, yeah, <laughs> Mad Gear. Yeah, I forgot <laughs> like, about that. Still classic. Yeah. So, anyways, I'm Nerdy Nick. I stream on Facebook. I'm partnered with their uh, Level Up Gaming program. Uh, so I'm, I'm partnered doing that. I don't stream on Twitch, so don't ask. Um, I get that a lot, actually. And then I have a YouTube channel under the same name. And you can find all my social media under the same name, NerdyNick underscore uh, 91. Aside from doing that, I obviously cosplay. And uh, I play my Switch all the time. Exclusively handheld. I rarely play it docked. Yeah, it's few and far between with the family for me to yeah. be able to actually play it and right. now my daughter's seven and only plays minecraft and i can't even get my switch ah. now um yeah if you ever look like you have the parent app where you can track your hours and you can actually mm-hmm. see how many hours you play games every month and it shows it it's like minecraft every time oh yeah like, of course it is yep. yeah it's like my yeah. when the switch light comes out she's getting the pokemon yeah. one she wanted the pokemon one so i'm like she's gonna get that that's right. literally it Ooh, so, so one thing is, is um, everybody knows that a new Switch version came out, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it does not have a new battery. No, but it has. They touted a better battery life. What yeah. it does have is a new processor. Mm-hmm. The new processor inherently is making bet- games better, though. So Doom and Skyrim both play better. There's something that it has called dynamic resolution. So when you know everything hits the fan when you're going mm-hmm. through and running through a level in Doom. It, the resolution drops a little on, on some of the enemies you're going versus. It doesn't do it on the new Switch. Yeah. So that's something that Nintendo might have wanted to market, that, hey, some of our games may inherently be a little better when you play. Right. I, I just, maybe they don't think that they want to admit that maybe some of their games didn't optimally run initially. Yeah. Maybe. Right. But, but the retro stuff doesn't apply to that anyway. Exactly, yeah. But it is something cool to know that, like, we mentioned it on the Switch Mini Playcast on mm-hmm. our Troll and I episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you fun. don't know Troll and I is a horrible game Yeah, yeah Very and glitchy it, it wasn't as bad as I expected I expected it to be really bad And when I first booted it up it was Because it was <laughs> like like moving like this And I oh, rebooted yeah. my console And then all of a sudden it played okay But like a PS2 game right. Like old uh, school game yeah. That's what it played It's not modern It's like PS2 glitchy You gotta kind of line mm-hmm. up like, like there's an icon that would pop up And you gotta like maneuver the big hunking troll And <laughs> Yeah, and we're doing Mario Tennis Aces right now this week because it's free. Right. So, like, we might as well touch that so everybody has an opportunity to play it with us. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to level up on the, the plane. I kept on dying on these damn challenges. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not good at Mario no, Tennis. Not I'm not all. either, and I want to be, and that's what makes me frustrated. Yeah. You know, I, keep, I noticed I kept banging on the table there. 
probably not do that. Because Mike, we're Hager, recording. Mike, Hager. <laughs> yeah. Always fun. So, um, yeah. so, so what right. other kind of retro titles? Because we talked about a so, little Curse of the Moon, of course. Right. Um, um, we had we had some mention of uh, the Mega Man Legacy Collection, right? Which I think is you know the excellent thing where we're seeing collections come out because we had the mm. Namco pack that the came SNK. out. SNK collection was excellent. Yeah. There you go. Yep. <laughs> so, what do you guys think about uh, the Capcom physical releases where half, what well, like half the collections? Mm. Or half of it's on cartridge, half of it's not. Or, or saying they get physical releases in America, I believe this is Didn't they do the same thing to a Final Fantasy X when they. Uh, Final Fantasy X. Yeah. 10 on the cartridge and then 10 2 was digital only? Yeah. And they also did that on Bayonetta in the mm-hmm. stateside. Yeah. Not Japanese, but yeah. on the stateside. Now, that's a soapbox thing for me. I hate that. Like, yeah. Absolutely. And there's another section in my Switch card called Fozicles or Foxicles, like fake games. So you got your Wolfenstein twos mm-hmm. and stuff that is literally on the shelf that says no download code. Like what? Why are you? Why do you even have a case? Yeah, like you know? I, I could understand like an indie developer, like maybe Sydney Hunter, where mm-hmm. they don't have the funds because they're an indie company and they do a case. Like I would absolutely support you know them Collector Vision doing that. Right. And then like hey y'all support us, we will and you get download code on there and then we will do a physical in the future. Yeah. Like that's a double dip all day. Mm-hmm. But like when a big company like Bethesda or somebody's doing yeah. that, it's like come on now on a game that's like especially known to sell. You know, you can cough up the money as a corporation uh, to, to make another cartridge. And there's even cartridges that are out there that can hold both both, yeah. both games or, or both halves or whatnot, like uh, Resident Evil Revelations. Yeah. I think one and two, like one is on the cartridge and the second isn't. But it was like proven, or, or, or there was a, I can't remember the size of the cartridge, but all Nintendo had to do is just pony up. Or no, not Nintendo. Capcom had to pony up just a little bit more per cart. Yeah, to the, put it on the car cart. You know. Yeah. I think, I think the reason why they did that is because um, you know we have uh, GameStop here and a lot of re- uh, resale. Um, mm-hmm. You know, compared to uh, Japan, where they don't really do that as much. So you know, it's by making it a digital only, they kind of like tie a ball and chain to you. Right. Um, in that you can't, you know, sell the game back in, it, in its entirety. Yeah, that that's a good point. Um, it's very interesting too. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's another soapbox topic besides for actual non physical physicals. Um, there's also those that do a super expensive collector's edition with exclusive games on it. So you have the Darius, mm. and then the newly announced. Uh, Space Invaders Collection. That's the one. Mm. So the Darius one comes with all the cool little mini marquees and stuff. Yeah. And there's one game on there that's not on the normal edition that you can get, just the regular limited right. edition. And then the same thing with Space Invaders. And I think they're over $100 or yeah. $200 the, or something. And I'm the, like, the tiered holding it hostage. Yeah. So in other words, in order to get that game in a playable fa- fashion in the future, mm. it's going to cost collectors more. Right. And like for a game like... Uh, um, Crash Team Racing. Yeah. It's understandable for Sony to have the exclusive uh, retro skins because that was a, originally a Sony property, you know? Um, and then the Switch to not have it. So that's understandable, but like having a unlockable game, but you, you have to pay extra for it in this giant thing is yeah. silly. It's very silly. Well, yeah, it's, that's a modern thing where instead of actually having unlockables via skill, you have unlockables via money now. Yeah. And it's. Yeah. And when it's like developed later, kind of like what Breath of the Wild did, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. When they develop it later, but if it's already inherently with the game at yeah. launch, it's yeah. kind of like, okay, you're just trying to milk a non complete experience right. to add a couple extra bucks. And yeah. we see that a lot less with retro games typically, but mm-hmm. like it still happens and it's frustrating. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. As a matter of fact, I think what was it? one of the Mega Man collections was half on cart. Half download. Oh, uh, legacy, yeah. yeah legacy, Both. yeah. Six was on the card, and seven, eight, nine, ten were downloads. Yeah. One thing I thought was funny though: the downloads, the code expires mm-hmm. in twenty six ninety nine. The year twenty six ninety nine. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's like they expect the Nintendo servers to be around. Yeah. That's that's a Mega Man reference, though. Yeah. It, it should it should have said like two six XX or something. Right. Like yeah. It should have like twenty six XX. Yeah. I actually do that for my um. 
for, for some of my uh, books. So I do uh, the Super Nintendo. I had homebrew in there. And I put 19XX or 20XX in there for some yeah. that aren't out because they're not out yet and they still right. aren't out, like Justice Beaver. Yeah. <laughs> that isn't out yet. Well, look how oh. many times they put a fictional year in something. Everybody expected Back to the Future 2 technology to be here. We can't even do a hoverboard yet. Yeah. We're getting so, close. I'd rather just be XX. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Well, We're already past it. But, well, as far as like Capcom's releases, I think the reason why they're doing like half on half. Is because like the individual collections for the other systems would normally be twenty dollars, but because of the Switch tax, they would be thirty dollars. They yep. don't want to charge mm-hmm. more for the Switch version. Yeah. You know, because between the two of them, it would be sixty, and they want to be able to sell it for twenty, just like the other systems. And they know that digital is is essentially there's there's no cost of producing it. I mean, that's the truth. Yeah. There there really is no physical production yeah. on there. So. Well, no, it's like disc-based. Like to print a disc costs pennies, whereas to produce the cart, they have to go through uh, Nintendo, yeah. and it costs extra money. That's the extra like ten bucks, basically. Mm-hmm. Probably cost them five bucks to make the cartridge or whatever, and yeah. they they charge they add ten to that because you have to do. Actually, it's supposed to be the law of three when it comes to production. But yeah, you're basically paying extra for all the Switch stuff. And I find myself like if anybody listens to the Switch Mania Playcast, like I don't collect every Switch game. I collect what I like right. and individual pieces. Like even when Limited Run puts out stuff, I'm not buying it. I'm gonna buy it if it's something that draws me and I want to play. Right. Um and that's how I have to do it financially, number yeah. one. And then number two is like I'm just gonna have stuff that sits on my shelf that I'm never gonna play because I'm right. not interested in it. It's like the all the different simulator games. Every time oh, yeah. JP talks about collecting that stuff, I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, oh, I got the next farming simulator. Oh, yeah. great. And like, <laughs> tell me how that is when you don't play right. it. <laughs> and, and that's like one thing, being a collector, there's some people that collect to have the entire collection. Entirety. There's other people who collect what they're going to play. And yeah. it, that's, that's me too. Like, I, I will buy a, uh, a game that, like, either my kid's going to play or my wife's going to play. I'll throw it in my collection, even though it's not mine, but someone's playing it. And that's the purpose, I think, of a, of a collection nowadays, because you have to be financially uh, realistic. Especially you know? with how much the Switch library has exploded. Mm-hmm. Over the last couple of years, with all these limited companies coming up, you had the Warren Collector debacle where they yeah. kind of folded after taking everybody's money and everybody's going through contacting PayPal 10 times so they get their money back real quick because right. that's the only way to get it now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's classics. Um, but I do, I, I do want to touch upon stuff like getting a complete retro package mm-hmm. for the Switch when you buy your game. So just recently, um, Guacamelee One Two Punch came out has tons of awesome treats inside. Um, I, it drives me nuts when companies don't print on the inside of the case. Since yes. it's clear, they don't. Guacamelee yeah. did. Um, they have a manual in there. They have a poster in there. Mm-hmm. There's tons of treats in there. Nicholas is probably my favorite. I have that's. I, I, I like subsets. So like the PlayAsia limited editions that they do, besides yeah. for the Penny Party one, I'm not putting that on my shelf. <laughs> seven-year-old daughter. Yeah. Not with a seven-year-old daughter. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Panty Party is not happening. But I, I like the PlayAsia limited releases. I like the Nicholas stuff that they've done. Um, and if you go on their actual website, you can buy all their launch editions. Yeah. So like their Umahari Kawasi, which is a super Famicom platforming game where you use this like fishing hook lure and it has this awesome like mechanic that you use that's almost physics based um they have a a new version of that out there and it came in a super famicom box that's like a recreation with the fresh name on it yeah um and it's a one for one because i have the super famicom version and it's like awesome because it's like right next to each other just shows the love that they have for the system and all the games right it's amazing. One one that I like a lot is is uh, it's a modern game, but it's a retro modern game. Retro modern or modern retro? Modern retro, whichever way. <laughs> tomato, tomato. Uh, is a uh, Sonic Mania, and yeah. the version on the Switch oh my. It, is great because you know Nintendo was humble and made that reverse uh, slip cover. So you know, so, so, so Genesis you, cover. You see what they did with that game, though, right? They released a when it first came out a huge collection. 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 Co- collection edition that was um with a giant 
Mega Drive Genesis with Sonic on and it. it. Made a noise. Had a download code in it, mm-hmm. but they held off until all the DLC came out and put it all on one cartridge as a plus edition. Yes. They didn't mention that's why they did it, and it mm-hmm. frustrated a lot of gamers. Right. And they should be. And it's like, man, why aren't they putting the game in with the collection? But then they did an awesome slipcase holographic on yeah, it. With the art book. And did it right yeah. at the end. So it's real interesting how they how they did that. And you see a lot of companies kind of jumping on that bandwagon. And yeah. that's another modern thing where you get the version of Mortal Kombat X. And then you get Mortal Kombat XL later right. with everything on one disc or one. like. So we're going to see that with Mortal Kombat 11 where they're going to have oh, yeah. all this stuff. And they're going to release a Mortal Kombat combat 11 version that's why i'm waiting on the switch version i was a day one sucker on that <laughs> yeah well my wife yeah. got it on the ps4 so that's what i did yeah, yeah my wife did it on the ps4 i did not buy the switch version yeah. i'm gonna hold off till all the patches are out and right. we get a complete edition of mortal kombat 11 that's what i'm doing like, with the crash team racing yeah I'm just waiting yeah same I heard time. it's buggy still so i'm waiting well and that's the other thing as a collector anything that's big from a big company i always wait for because there's sales yes so that's the other thing is like i get like like jp where he buys everything launch day Mm -hmm. but then like that 60 dollar game is 20 in like six months and you're not playing every game immediately when you buy it you might as well hold off and just get it later yeah it's like buying a new car you know you you pay sticker price but then as soon as you drive it off the lot it depreciates like ten thousand. yeah you know you just wait a little bit and the other aspect is, is what's going to be collectible for the Switch years from now? Right. That's the thing. So, like, I've been kind of milking things from JP where I'm like, hey, have you thought about this before? Mm-hmm. Like, I did one thing where a lot of people don't know they're on military installations. They do special challenge coins. Like, Bethesda's huge about it. Right. So there's an actual challenge coin for Doom. Yeah. And that's actually part of, you know, the series. So is mm-hmm. that part of a collection? Right. Is that something people might want in the future? Mm-hmm. Um, talking about promo boxes, the Horizon game, the, the racer that just came out, there's a whole oh, promo yeah. goodie box that was sent out for mm-hmm. that to a lot of YouTubers. That might be something that's kind of obscure in the future. I really want that. Yeah, and that's the kind of stuff that I think is going to be like more the more obscure stuff because if you collect something with the intent to collect it, it's not going to be collectible in the future. Right. If it says collector's edition on it, it's probably not collectible. <laughs> like, I can show you how many booths out there that have collector collector edition games, like in the five dollar bin. Yeah, you know, just doesn't matter. It's just and like so, making something limited doesn't necessarily make it rare, but it's the demand for said exactly. thing because that's why Mario Three or Contra can still boost its like a huge price tag when you're getting a CIB. Right. I mean, the boxes for Nintendo games are expensive because everybody threw the boxes out. Yeah. Now nobody throws out the boxes because they're yeah. like, oh, it might be might be collectible in the future. And it's right. like, well, that's going to make nothing collectible in, that, yeah. in those terms. But the stuff like the limited releases, I think those are going to be still high in price. Oh, yeah. Not necessarily collectible, mm-hmm. per se, in the terms of that, like what we're saying, like you can't find it at all, like right. a Nintendo World Championships. But it's still going to be something like that. Yeah. Um, there's other stuff, like I've seen, there's NX cartridges for developers out there, you know, because the NX was what it was called back in the day, and there, that stuff's out mm-hmm. there. There's a lot of obscure things that right. exist that... I think are going to be the collectible pieces in the like future. The a, kiosks, a dev kit. the kiosks. Are, yeah. I just want a kiosk because it looks cool. Let right. alone um, I, now. I don't know about like some third party like accessories and things because with the Wii we saw the flood. Oh yeah, the market. Yeah, but like with the Switch, like there's some really cool stuff out there. I mean, mm-hmm. heck, I'm going to try to do as much cool stuff as I can with every Kickstarter. I have a mini arcade that I'm doing with one of them, and then talking right. with the guys out here that do the really awesome ones. I'm like, hey, in a future one, you want to do a super cool one you yeah, want to do a super yeah. cool one in the future like don't care whatever you charge like it would just be there because it can happen right and that stuff would be truly awesome mm-hmm. yeah I think for me even more important than DLC being on the disc it's like future releases that have all the patches mm-hmm. especially when there was like a uh, some, some kind of game breaking bug on day one mm-hmm. like a day one patch but it was on the cartridge obviously so you know for like greatest hits releases Mm-hmm. So that's really important to me personally. Oh, that's extremely important, well, especially when it's in terms of preservation. Mm-hmm. And then not only that, but you have the 
all cart all all game on cartridge. So if you have a game and it requires a damn ten gigabyte download when you buy it, right. like it's not all on the cartridge. So yeah. then in the future, when the t- Nintendo Network's down, because they obviously take the Nintendo Network down each a generation later or two, yeah, um, it's not going to be available to download. So then you're going to have a half game that you can't play, and that's. That's issue. a problem with, uh, unfortunately, a lot of these, like, the SNK collections and whatnot, you know, that are all digital. Mm-hmm. Once it gets pulled, it gets pulled. And, know. I mean, now the thing is, let's be honest, it'll still be playable. Hackers, modders will make yeah. sure that it's still playable. However, it's not going to be playable without modification, which is right. like, well, if we want to play it inherently how the developers intended, mm-hmm. it's not going to be able to be done. And that's kind of where it's uh, give or take. Right. Um, and that's where I actually support different types of preservation like that because you almost have to. Otherwise, mm-hmm. we can't play stuff. So that kind of reminds me um, of how people were selling off like, I guess, their PS1s Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. And especially like, if you think about it with Nintendo with the smaller storage, and then they're gonna have all the different variant colors. You're gonna have like ones like that with the exclusive game that's taken off the marketplace. I'm thinking Mummy Demastered. Is, it's a matter of time yeah. before they take that off yeah. because they're going to lose the license and it's yep. going to have to come off the, the eShop eventually. It's and it's, and it's a gem. Yeah, it's, it's a great game. It's a better game than a movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's the opposite. It is. It's, yeah. it's pretty awesome. And you know that's going to be one that I will cover, obviously, in the digital only that needs a physical release. It'll yep. never happen, but no. it needs one. Yeah. Shantae got one, right? Yes. So since mm-hmm. Wayfor's not opposed to... No, but I'm pretty sure it has to do with licensing. Universal. Yeah. And, yeah. It's just weird, though, to me. Like, some games that are, like, critically, like, acclaimed when it comes to, like, reviewers just don't get a release. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you can't have everything on a cartridge either. No. They're trying. Trying to milk us off for all our money. But it's just, it's one of those things, too, where, like, even me, I'm like, man, I can make better releases than some of the stuff that's yeah. coming out and like I do have released games of like man maybe I should just jump into the switch band right <laughs> but it's it's what I know how much it costs for that stuff too yeah. and if I don't do the cartridge production and buy the cartridges I can just do an expanded release let me ask you something make what it do you, old school old school collecting that's what it is what just do you think cooler. about Capcom bringing back like Resident Evil 4 for the nth time does that take away the the old school collecting aspect of having it originally on like the GameCube. I actually think it'll make the allure having the first release, mm-hmm. especially like if they add something to it. Just putting Final Fantasy VII on the eShop to me does nothing. Right. If they actually add something to it, which they added quicker grinding and things, that mm-hmm. actually gives it a, a gimmick. That gives it a, a click. So if you want to play the original Final Fantasy VII with no temptation, right. you play it on PS1. If you want to play it with the different modifications where you can speed up time so you can grind mm-hmm. a little faster and do all of that, then you can play it on the modern consoles. Gotcha. And I kind of like that kind of stuff when they had a gimmick. Now, Resident Evil 4, are they adding anything like that? That I'm not aware of. Yeah. If it's just a one-for-one port with no graphical enhancements, then I'm yeah. kind of like, well, what's up? Yeah, that's what they... That's what Resident Evil 4 did for uh, for GameCube and PlayStation 2. On the PlayStation 2, you were able to play Ada Wong's story yep. through the whole game. So that's why people went back and bought it on the PlayStation 2, so they could they could do that. So if they were to port it over to the Switch, I would like to see, I don't know, like maybe put Ada Wong's story over there, or have like... Um, Maybe like a different type of mercenaries mode too. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Or, like one of the mercenaries be like on like, mm-hmm. an island or something too. Or you could play... Um, So, so you're saying Capcom needs to do something that's not a cash grab? Yeah. AKA I am 8-bit and 64 or Super Nintendo and NES yeah. releases. <laughs> like, yeah, not. yeah, but I'm just saying like that happens so much now though. In the back? Yeah, that was great. Well, you were just saying kind of made me think of I actually I have this game here that I brought to get back to my friend. It's Final Fantasy Fables Chocobo's Dungeon on the Wii. Yes. And because I borrowed this from a friend. Mm-hmm. Like maybe a month before they announced the Switch version. And so I've been holding on to it ever since to give it back to them since I got the Switch version. And it kind of makes me think does the Switch version de 
devalue the Wii version as much, or does it bring renewed interest? Do you think? So, so I would absolutely say when it, in terms of Wii U re-releases, it did devalue the Wii U game. Like Hello Kitty Cruisers is now no longer a rare game on the Wii U. When it comes to stuff, when you go back two generations like the Wii, I'm not sure if it would devalue it because it's now you have a nostalgia yeah. of that older system with the gimmicks of the waggle controls and everything, which did they use that with the Joy-Con waggle? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So when you have a weird gimmick like you would, like because yeah. they, you know, they overly use that gimmick on the original Wii. Um, I don't think it's going to necessarily devalue it as much. Just no. like I don't see Resident Evil 4 devaluing the GameCube one because GameCube is hot right now for collectors. Oh yeah. So like it ain't gonna it ain't gonna devalue a GameCube, but would it devalue a Wii U version? I think so. Yeah. I think so because then it's no longer there's only X amount of copies of Hello Kitty Cruisers, which isn't a great game as it is. Now it's there's a Switch version too. Yeah. We don't need to spend X amount of dollars because it's no longer an exclusive thing. It'll, yeah, it'll just bring down the price in collecting mm-hmm. when it all. comes to that generation. Right in the future, I mean, the Wii U might be the next, the next coming of the Dreamcast or something. Yeah, like I like, mean, or like the Atari in the '90s, you know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's just interesting to see where things go and how we could maybe, I don't know, predict what the Switch is doing. But I do like that it really feels like retro collecting now, again. Yeah. So that's blinding us there. Uh, we're on our panel. Thanks. <laughs> now I can't yeah. see. It's, it, I think it's going to be a little tough. I don't have my shades. I, was gonna get... <laughs> I think it's going to be a little tough trying to to have the foresight on what Nintendo is going to do with the Switch. Yeah. Because now we have the Switch Lite coming out, which is pure purely handheld. I call it the Nintendo No Switch because it yeah. doesn't switch at all. Exactly. Like it's literally just portable. Exactly. And it, it, they think you can't even like do anything use it with any of that like no. the the TV mode is just I don't know if I if it's not for me, but the fact that my daughter can play it, great. Yeah. That's the gimmick that gets me, so I yeah. have a second switch. So it's it, you know, it's kinda like, so are you gonna just kill the three D S and keep yes. the switch light? Yeah, that that's you know? literally what that is, is Nintendo putting the nail in the three D S's coffin. Yeah. <laughs> like final nail was in yeah. it. And now they're moving toward the switch holistically. Right. The switch sales have not slowed down. No. Um I'm just going from year one, 2017, to year two, 2018. There's five times the amount of games just in year two. Oh, yeah. So, like, my one book that's 300 pages is going to turn into two books for the second second and third volumes and cover the second year. It's right. going to be insane. And I'm doing one to eight page reviews. I'm not doing small reviews. Well, Who was first? Said, uh, it's, I don't think the Switch is killing the 3DS as hard as it killed the Wii U because it's not porting over as many 3DS games. Yeah. Right. With uh, the Wii U. I think they should definitely do more 3DS ports as the 3DS starts to be a year dead or, or two years dead. Sure. That would be great. Because there are some games on there that would look, I think, especially fine playing it even docked like Detective Pikachu. Yeah. You know? Well, they did announce a, like, spiritual successor. Right, the sequel. Yeah. yeah. Like, but it's he, not necessarily a one-for-one port, but yeah. it's a spiritual successor. Right. I mean, you could think about it. They could do DS, 3DS games mm-hmm. in Tate mode, a.k.a. Yeah. Like that, and exactly. then have both layered both yep. layered screens, like, and that would be something that would be kind of cool. I mean, it would kind of limit you on controls if you didn't take the Joy-Cons yeah. off. But they could do that. Um, now, the other thing is the Switch Lite is also going to kill accessories. So yes. you have the sw- the flip grip, right? You can't play that with the yeah. new one, obviously. I mean, I'm doing a cool little arcade that's mm-hmm. for the Switch, but it's not going to work with the Switch Lite. Do they say, no, will it work with a Pro Controller? Um, yes, it will work okay. with all Bluetooth controllers. Okay. Um, and I think you can use a little adapter, a, C, a USB-C adapter, mm-hmm. and it, you can use uh, the USB controllers as well. Okay, so, so that's good. they're at least supporting that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, you're not going to even support multiplayer at that point. That'd yeah. be That'd be kind of weird. And it, does, it doesn't have touchscreen, right? They took that out? Um, that I'm not sure. They should probably keep that. 
Nintendo, keep that. Yeah. They're yeah. listening right Please. now. Please. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, they, yeah. they absolutely should keep that. I haven't heard if they're keeping the touchscreen or not, but I know that they're cutting a lot of costs. Mm-hmm. Um, the processor's not going to be as good as the new release Switch. Right. So the other thing that we're going to see with this is variant consoles now. Nintendo did that with the 3DS, a lot of different themed oh, yeah. stuff. We had a couple with the Wii U. We're getting the Zoom Zoom Switch yep. for the regular, but you saw you already see a Pokemon-themed console for the yeah. Switch Lite right at release. Well, then there was the uh, Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee variant. Mm-hmm. There was the Splatoon variant. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. they're, they're going to jump hard on that bandwagon with the Switch Lite, do, though, because it's a $100 cheaper, exactly. too. So they're trying to get it more like, oh, we could start collecting these yeah. easily. And they, they know what they're doing. Right. Nintendo knows what they're doing when it comes to that. And, I mean, if they do a Legend of Zelda one, I'm going to be a sucker. And I'll yeah. be talking about yeah. the Switch Mania play, guys. Oh, I got my Zelda one now. Did we call on you yet, Kyle? Uh, yeah. No, so I have a question about uh, yeah. Uh, would you consider Fire Emblem to be a hidden gem? Now so, that is out? so it would depend on the game. Because certain games that weren't talked about, the original Fire yeah. Emblems, yeah. yeah, maybe the ones that nobody really was playing or talking yeah. about. However, like it's the series itself is no longer hidden. It's out in the mainstream. Yeah. Um, I personally, in Smash. I personally don't like the permadeath. Yeah, and you mentioned yeah. Smash, like every character pretty oh, much. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it gives some tension and makes it your actual moves that you play in the game meaningful. Mm-hmm. So I, I can 100% agree. Decisions actually matter. Yeah, and if you know. you, they're gone, they're gone. And yeah. it affects the story. Bye, the story Felicia. evolves. I think too easily takes away key parts of the story. If you, make the, you just make a bad move and it's gone. It's yeah. Like, wow, I'm going to miss a significant part of the story now. Yeah, and that me being a bit true. OCD, that's where I kind of like the option of not having yeah, it. Yeah. And, and I actually like having <laughs> the option, so if you love the permadeath feature, you don't have to use that option. Right. Like, yeah. I do like that, and mm-hmm. that's where I think um, a lot of the retro modern that you see now, they have the difficulty variants. Yes. So, have you played Blazing Chrome yet? Yes. It's about to be on the Switch. Mm-hmm. I'm going to double dip, but I played it on Xbox Game Pass. So that's where I was able to uh. play it. So I'm able to like test my my Switch games that are coming out, yeah. and then I can make a, a educated decision. I mean, it's literally Contra. Um, it's literally mm-hmm. Contra, and yeah. it's really cool. It's really fast and frantic. It's yeah. hard as heck, um, but it has a very um, a very easy to use continue system so you can mm-hmm. continue on there's like checkpoints incrementally just enough to where you make progression yeah so whereas back in the day you'd get game over you're done like unless you put in the 30 lives code you're pretty much gonna have to get real good at that first level over and over again until you, you can know that you're, you're not gonna make it into new players anyway so. yeah right yeah yeah, that, that's a good segue to the Nintendo Switch's online service. Yeah, with the games because those. Yeah, I, I utilize. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I utilize the save features all the time, especially like in Mike Tyson's Punch Out or, or Punch Out with Mr. Dream. I now, will, do you utilize the unique rewind function that they just added? I haven't. That, so that to me is a little annoying. It's a weird rewind function because it's not like you hit the button analog and it like turns it back like a reel. Right. It actually just takes screenshots and you just like pop back like. Yeah. Incrementally, it's like it's, rewinding it's, a DVD. It's awkward, yeah. And yeah. I, I don't quite like it. Um, well, and version probably got a patent on it or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Legacy of the one through six, you have to use a folded rewind and yeah. you go frame by frame to where you didn't die. Which is cool. Right. It, it's a really cool to watch it too. Sometimes, yeah. yeah. yeah you whereas see your, your whereas this one's kind of like awkward, where it just like does a bunch of pictures and you right. kind of just move over yeah. and then continue on. But I do feel that having, like, the save feature kind of um, betters a game in some points, in some instances. I think it makes it more approachable for for casual yeah. gamers. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing yeah. to bring new gamers into the experiences yeah. that we had back in the day, which I think is a, an important thing to mm-hmm. do. Um, I, and then they can obviously still play the original cartridge in an original system yep. and get the same experience. Exactly. Now, I'm not one... I don't typically like to upscale. I just like to play my original one in yep. the original TV as intended because no even when you start upscaling, it's not how I remember it. I like a little little TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can just play it. That's kind of why I like playing the Switch in, in handheld mode or Switch yeah. in tabletop mode in a little arcade because it's like my old school TV experience. Like, it's kind of cool. Right. I mean, obviously, you strain your eyes. That's what I always did. That's why I can't see. Kyle? Uh, 
I was going to ask, uh, what do you think about uh, the Link's Awakening coming out? Link's Awakening. I think it's great. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Flat out. I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's great. Yeah. Now, um, obviously, there was a lot of controversy over the graphical art style at the beginning because it looks mm-hmm. like a toy. I personally think it looks really cool. Um, I think that's the best way to actually make the Game Boy graphics kind of work on a modern mm-hmm. console instead of just yeah. you know repurposing what yeah. they did in Link Between Worlds. Instead, they decided to go with a different aesthetic. I mean, it looks like I mean Link's Barney Rubble face looks a little little different, yeah. but I mean, but again, it's going to give it a unique flavor, and right. people are going to love it just like Wind, Wind Waker, Waker back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. This is exactly what yeah. we're going to see. Not my Link. Yeah, not my yeah. Link. And now everybody's like, oh, that's one of the best games ever. Of right. course it is. Yep. Because we were all thinking, it and the vocal minority didn't like it. Yeah. Because of the, the change. But yeah. I think we should have like an Earthbound crossover. Yeah, yeah, it actually does have a lot of, lot like more like the Earthbound promotional stuff back in the, with the claymation stuff, right? Oh yeah, like yeah. in the actual Nintendo Power yeah. and yeah, yeah. Uh, in the in the guide in the strategy Scratch guide for Earthbound, Smith. the snatch. I said this game Scratch stinks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean it's good marketing. I want to buy that game that stinks for yeah. my kids, and that's why the parents never bought it. And you get it in dollar bins back in the day. That was yeah. classic. Oh, yeah, oh, it was super cool. And mm-hmm. I mean, the one thing that I don't quite dig with. Link's Awakening that I've seen is how do you get the best version of that game available if you're a Zelda collector like me? Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a little bit obsessed with Zelda, right? Right. Like, how do I get the best version? Because you have the limited edition that comes with a little book, but in Europe, they have a fancy box that it goes in. There's another one that has, like, a a coin keychain-looking thing. Like, there's a bunch of different, and different regions, too. You have Asia and Japan and UK, and they all have slightly different versions. And then, like, one of the boxes has, like, three icons for ESRB stuff. And I'm like, well, I don't want an icon on it. I, or I just want the U.S. one if I'm going to do that. Right. But then we don't get the box. Yep. So And then who's to say which one's going to be unattainable later, like those Nintendo Store things for the Wii, like when you had oh, yeah. Hyrule Warriors and Mario Kart 8, where that's basically unattainium at this point. Like, yeah. Like you want to pay tons of money. Right. And yeah. I mean, and what do you think of the the hype between it, behind a game like Ducktales Remastered? Now that you're seeing where it's like eighty dollars because they said, oh, we're we're discontinuing Pulling it on it. the eShop. Yeah. Like now it's skyrocketing in price. Like that's something that's definitely uh, it's definitely going to change the landscape of collecting. Yeah. And I don't know if maybe even people behind the scenes are pulling strings to make that kind of happen. I mean, it could be a marketed push on social media. You know? And then they never really intended for it. Maybe they just knew it was going to lapse, and they're like, yeah. hey, FYI. And now yeah. it's all of a sudden they wanted to drive digital sales, and inherently they just drove the aftermarket sales of, yeah. of used yeah. copies of DuckTales yeah. Remastered. But like, I, I'm just a big proponent on physical collecting. Yeah. You know, I just – if I can get it physical, I, I will get it physical. And, like, a game like Horizon Chase Turbo, mm-hmm. I am clawing – to get that physical release because I, I love that game. I'll stream that game like every night of the week, you know. I think that's one of the cooler style games that I've seen because mm-hmm. it's basically a spiritual successor to a lot of classic yeah, like Sega Top Arcade. Gear. Yeah, you, you got know. Top Gear, but you got a lot of classic Sega Arcades right. too that I used to remember playing. And it's literally that with Neon. Yes. They all want it to neon synth wave. everything. Yeah. Synth wave, yeah. which it's just so rad. Right. It's just I I dig it and um I mean I've literally you just went off. I, I literally was uh chatting with like the developers on that. Cause that's the one coolest thing about doing the, the Switch Mania playcast with, with JP has been like I've interviewed developers and publishers and like they're all about the passion behind what they're doing it's really crazy to me like i never saw that with other generations with like the wii u or before that like i didn't see all the developers so enveloped and i think it's also helps with the convention culture that we see here too where Mm -hmm. they actually come out and show off their products and you get to see the the different aspects behind it right and like and some of the publishers are just as geeky and nerdy as mm-hmm. all those collectors are too they love this stuff just as much as we do right. like the guys who are doing horizon like you can yeah. tell mm-hmm. like there's little details and things like i mean and stuff like this i'm such a geek that it's like there's a ga- there's a book from the 90s called the big book of nintendo games this is the same font this is the <laughs> same font and it's like it's a book where it doesn't even have the art 
like uh, from a Nintendo game. There's right. no art from one of those no. games on the cover here, but it's an art from a, a classic NES artist. Yeah. Like I just I do little subtle things like that, and you're seeing that with Switch releases, with the Famicom box releases, like Limited yes. Run with their Circle or, or Curse of the Moon, Circle of the Moon. That'd be yeah, the, with the NES. That'd be the DS. Yeah. But um, but yeah, the Circle of the Moon NES box, and it's literally the same dimensions as an NES box mm-hmm. once you put this in the slipcase. Right. On the slipcase, a little smaller. Yeah. Yeah, but I love that kind of stuff. The attention to detail, mm-hmm. the, the manuals in there. I gotta have that stuff. I was just gonna say, I think that the uh, uh, specific with Nintendo is the soul behind it. Is you know, you always have hype with PS4s and everything else. Mm-hmm. Xbox tries to get there, but I think the soul with the Nintendo, especially with the Switch, is just it's an emerged as a powerhouse i think oh yeah you know you've got you've got everyone looking at the switch going like what can we do for the switch mm-hmm. what can we turn it into and then you've got nintendo just sort of leading the pack with man we're just going to put tons of money mm-hmm. and get as many games on it as we can yeah people love and i think it's made a huge difference to yeah. how people look at the switch and you know what's funny too is people always pride Sony on all their exclusives. Yeah. But really, Nintendo is the exclusive powerhouse. Well, first party Nintendo yeah. games are legendary. Yeah. That's why it's a first day buy when a new Zelda comes out. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, t- so to me too, it's it's interesting that we might be in the because I was mentioning the developers and the publishers, we might be in the perfect storm because the Switch has cartridges. Right. We got we got cartridges back, the little cartridges that we have, so that's a collectible aspect. And one universal thing that I've seen when I've talked to all the developers is that they've always wanted to put out a Nintendo game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, they, like whether they grew up on the Super Nintendo 64 NES, they're like, I've always wanted to do a Nintendo game. Right. And they never said that about the Wii U. I think it's because of the cartridge-based medium that just gives you that classic feel. Right. And then you got the manuals that you can throw in it. You got mm-hmm. the, the fancy art, which now they can put on the inside if they're not being lazy. Right. Like, yeah. And, and I, the one thing that gets me, like, it disheartens me is when I talk to certain companies and they did a full-blown release, like, mm-hmm. in-game stuff, like Cat's Quest. And they're like, man, I really wish we would have went with, like, a limited company and got a full, comprehensive release. Right. Because theirs, if you look in Cat, it's, it's white, on the, nothing on the inside. There's no manual. It's just the cartridge sitting in there. Mm-hmm. And it makes you just feel like a, you know, one-and-done release. Cheap, yeah. yeah, cheap release. And they did that so they could probably release it cheaper. Right. But in the end, I would have rather paid the Switch tax and got mm-hmm. a manual and printed on the inside of the cover so it's, it's holistically better. Do you know if the... Sega Genesis collection that came out for the Switch came with a poster? I didn't get that yet because it's a main release. I've been waiting until it comes down in price. Okay. Yeah. Because I have it for the PS4 and it came with a poster. And I I wonder if they put the same effort into the Switch because the Switch wasn't the day and date as PS4 and Xbox. Okay. Yeah, because that would be interesting if they they cut out, like, the goodies in there. Because the Switch is all about having cool stuff in there. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that I, I need to get a copy of is the Atari flashback because it has everything on one cartridge, right. too, whereas it was multiple discs for the other system. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I like Kels's Cave Story Plus release is really awesome. Mm-hmm. Where it came with a, a mini disc mm-hmm. and the entire soundtrack. For the and it fits in the box, yeah. And that's actually a unique one. So when I did research for the book, where on the back it shows like how many players, and I'm reiterating that in the book spread. Um, you can see that on the on the the Kickstarter preview page. Mm-hmm. I put some spreads up there. That game specifically with DLC now is cooperative, and it says one player huh. on it. It's now a cooperative game via DLC. <laughs> they added it as a feature, so technically the back of the box is wrong. Right. Technically, Tech. and I don't know if they're going to redo another release. I don't think Nicholas does that. So, like, are they going to do a definitive mm-hmm. Cave Story again? Because you mentioned games getting re and re-released. Cave right. Story has been released a lot of times premiumly. Like, they, I mean, the, the enhanced 3DS version, for example, right. that's the only version of that game that's gotten that type of sheen, whereas then they went back to the retro releases later again and well, kind of didn't do that. Retro collecting on the Switch, you know, with variant, or no, I wouldn't say variant, but, like, misprints. Yeah, like like that, you know, it's wrong. And dark siders, dark black side, exactly. where they just literally forgot a layer when they went sent yeah. to the printer. So those those <laughs> things will be collectible. You, you think know? so? I think so. Think so. Especially the dark siders, uh, you know, because it looks good with the game, mm-hmm. you know, and it kind of makes it stand out a little bit. But I think those things are going to be collectible. 
Okay. I think so. It depends, and it depends on which one had more well, release. So if the red it. version, when they fixed it, if that has less... It would inherently be more collectible because well, there's less. You got to look at it like we're talking millions versus yeah. the couple thousand that a limited run games right. puts out though but too. You have like the uh, the gray cartridge Legend of Zelda, and then you have the gold cartridge Legend of Zelda. And the gray cartridge, yeah, came out differently. Yeah, yeah. and then you've also got the two um, the two variant uh, Metroid. Uh, cartridges. Mm-hmm. You got the yellow and then the... Yeah, the, the Greatest Hits release that they yeah. did before they called it Greatest Hits, and yeah. they used cool alternate art. Yeah, so those things are oh, always going to be... my soul because I love it. <laughs> alternates or misprints are always going to be collectible. And then, yeah. like, removing a license from Mike Tyson's Punch-Out to Punch-Out. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently he had no idea who Mr. Dream was. Of course he did. Did you see that on Twitter? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's Mike Tyson. He's yeah. not played... Pay attention to video games. Yeah. <laughs> Who this myth the dream? <laughs> I am the dream. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's um we're kind of in a golden age when it comes to to retro style games. Like mm-hmm. even the newer games. So I just we just did an episode on uh, Tiny Barbarian DX. That game was so awesome. Oh, yeah. And like I literally I could beat the first the first episode second episode started to kick my butt there's five episodes mm-hmm. in that game like the fourth episode is one of the coolest ones and there's not even screenshots of that online you actually play as the girl yeah the gr- like the girl you save and there's like a whole bunch of retro references throughout that entire game but there's metal gear references right metal yeah. gear solid 2 and episode 4 and like i didn't even catch it yeah and then you've got games like shovel knight too that yeah kind of were like shovel knight might have been one of the Standard bears set the bar real high yeah. on the Wii U, and yeah. I mean that's about to get a physical release where they waited till they had all the DLC done yep. to put it on a cart. Now I like that. It took them a while, a long time, but they're yeah. still working on it. How many years later? Four, five, four, four or five years. Yeah. They're still working on that same game. Which here's the thing. I'm not complaining. I like yeah. it. I, every time they put out a new version, there's enough cool mechanics to draw me in. Exactly. And like the first one plays like DuckTales, the next one yep. will play a little bit differently when you yeah. had the um all the different Spectre bombs Knight. that you can throw yeah. with uh in with, with Spectre Knight too, yeah. where you have the dash that's reminding me a lot of like right. a combination of like Strider and yes. stuff like that. Yeah. And so it's like it gives the whole game a new feel and you mm-hmm. still have some of the same level layouts, but it's yeah. there and, and now different. like too there are rough or bad retro style games oh, yeah. on the Switch. There's uh, one game called like Sigili. It's like a, uh, you're, you're a little chubby knight and it, it kind of looks like Mario but you fart on everything. And it's like $2 and it's like 10 minutes long. And I'm just, I, I bought it because I was like, let's yeah. see what this is about. That's a good thing to use your gold points on when you yes. get with your games is like the little dollar games. Yeah. Yeah, I got a game called Laser Kitty Pow Pew Pew or Pow Pow. <laughs> My daughter and I play and just shoot lasers as a cat. Like it's insane. Yeah, and it's worth a dollar. Like absolutely right. great. Not worth a got, physical release. We got like Doom, the Doom One, Two, and, and Three on on the Switch, which now, is awesome. Which is great. That is going to get a physical. I've I've heard rumors. Oh really? And not confirmation, but I've heard rumors. Oh shit! I hope it does. <laughs> I, I, as soon as I heard that it was released, I was like, oh okay. Thanks. I mean, it's Bethesda. They'll, they'll likely milk that cash cow. Oh, they'll yeah. probably put out a big box of it or something and right. make, put John Romero's head on a spike in it, too, like like the Sigil right. release. Because yeah. <laughs> I definitely supported that PC release. Oh, yeah. What's up? Uh, the only problem with those Doom ports is that they force you to be online to play them. <laughs> That's an issue. You know what? I, did, they, did they patch it yet? I played it at the airport yesterday, and I was not online, and it worked. So they must have patched it. Yeah. Because I know the initial, they definitely did. You had to, you had to have a Bethesda account. Could have sneaked through the whole thing. There's a YouTube channel on one game explained. They found a way to get through it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they go into airplane Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to see that kind of stuff, too, because there's a lot of um, reviewers out there that are almost like the the law so they they reviewed right um troll and i and showed that stutter but when i rebooted my system that stutter went away so why didn't they just reboot their system to check mm. to test yeah like i've done a lot of beta testing for retro like aftermarket games so like i know like if it's if it's glitchy like well first thing you want to do is reboot your system maybe there's something weird going on right um and then like there's a that game's overly glitchy though like there's so much craziness it's not as bad as everybody says but it's bad it's rough (laughs) but like yeah it's interesting too because then you have like that where it's like well you can't play doom unless it's online but then they patched it so they but that 
Game Explained, I don't know if they've done a, a revamp yet, but they've yeah. also had a million hits on that video or something, you know what I mean? Right. So it's out there. I mean, as of yesterday, it works. Yeah. So. It's good to know, though. Yeah. And I do like that they're putting Doom on everything. Like, oh, yeah. That's the first thing you th- see when they start emulating and, and hacking systems. They throw Doom on it. Like, I want Doom on my refrigerator. I want it on my toilet. <laughs> he must toilet Doom. <laughs> Final Doom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, and that's the thing is, like, I think that we're going to see a lot of modern things. The one thing I really hate about modern retro is the roguelites. Yes. I am not a fan. Yes. And, and in all reality, I feel like that's the modern way to make a game old school. That's the way to add difficulty but they call it the roguelite thing, and I just not a fan. Like, and like I, just give me some yeah. lives, let me go through the game. Don't tease me with progression and take that progression away. Because well, that's what it's doing. Everything's got to be a Metroidvania nowadays. And Metroidvanias, I don't mind you Metroidvanias know. if they're done well. Um, some of them go a little bit on the nose, but like an Oxygen yeah. Verge, I loved. Whereas Hollow Knight went on really long. Yes, really hard. Really hard. So, like, that, that hits the Dark Souls of modern, too, yeah. where they try to make everything like a Dark Souls where it has to kill you. And then they add road light to it, so you lose all yeah. your progression. And then you have a game like we played on the, the Playcast called Tumble Seed, where you're playing ice cold beer, you fall into the hole three times, and then you lose all your progression every time. You can never get to the top. Like, uh-huh. until you master it. But you get so frustrated trying to. Right? Stop, like, I only had a week to play it, and I'm like, eh, I might not play it again. Yeah. It looks so good, and it makes you want it because you forget. Mm-hmm. You forget. And then I went back to it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, this frustrates me. Was and it- I love the ice cold beer arcade machine. It's so cool. And it's just like, and that's those developers loved that so much. That was a tribute to that game. But it's just the way the mechanics worked. I kept dying. And if the first mountain was okay, the second mountain, kid gloves are off. I can't do it. Yeah, like it's beyond my skill set. Right, right. Some people, I bet they're like, yeah, I can go through that game, no problem. Not me. Have you guys heard of the game called A Robot Named Fight? A robot? That's amazing. No. A robot? It's like a procedurally generated Super Metroid. Oh. And it looks very similar to Super Metroid, but it's also a roguelite. So every time you die, it resets the entire game. Right. But eventually, if you die enough, you'll get a save station or something like that and be able to respawn in your same seat. Yeah, I guess once you get certain items during your playthrough, you have the ability to, like... See, I might actually like that. It, where it's, 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 the closest, it's like playing Super Metroid all over again, but if you... I mean, there's plenty of places where if you die, you'll come back, but if you die, you get a new world. Hmm. It's hmm. Each run's like an hour, 15 or so. Okay. It's, a bit, it's like, uh, I think, 10, 15 bucks in the eShop right now. I don't think you're ever going to get a physical release. It's just one guy. It's just one dead all for doing it. Hmm. But, yeah, well, well, all I have to say is if my Switch Collector book does extremely well, I know how much it costs to do physical production. Like, yeah. that might be on a backward goal. Like, if this whole series does well, I'm going to pick up some games that are deserving and, and give it a release. It won't robot be... Huh? A robot named Fight. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A robot named Fight. I will have to, we'll have to make sure we check that one yeah. out. That might be a future playcast, too. For it's the, just a rad name in general. Yeah, it just sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. and, like, I haven't heard of it. And so that's another thing to think, to think about and talk about is how many games are we missing out on because the eShop is kind of... Not easy to navigate, right. and it's full now. Back in back when it started, it worked out well. I would go yeah. on there every couple of days, look at the new stuff, favor what I want. Now I can't even get through my favorites list, and it's maxed out. My friends list is maxed out on the Switch, mm-hmm. but it's like I can't I can't find new stuff. I'm, I'm buddies with the guys who run MegaCast Studios, and they have a game Coffee Crisis on the Switch that I didn't even know. And I'm like, how did I not know this? We're friends. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, "How do we not know this?" Like, we're friends, and like, I didn't even see it on the Switch. Yeah, like, yeah, the eShops. It's, it's going to be. I don't know. I don't think they'll fix it for a long time. Well, they did allow you to sort in your games menu when you view it all now. Mm-hmm. So maybe they'll allow us to sort, maybe by genre or something. Yeah, they got to give us a bone somewhere. I mean, like, start using meta tags. I think. Yeah. 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 Right, like Metroidvania, Zelda, like like that's. I do think it's pretty rad that they have like the little section under the search bar that says like games with demos. I do like that. that, That's cool. They need to do that with meta tags. That would just be something easy to do. Right, and then you could literally just start searching, and you can start finding games that are are like what you like. If they tag it as 
Now, if somebody tags it as everything, that's where Nintendo would need a moderator to mm-hmm. kind of limit that or only allow so many tags per game. Yeah. And then that way it doesn't overflow because I would literally add every tag to my game if I could. Like, mm-hmm. like now you're going to find right. it every time. And then, yeah. it, then it makes it irrelevant. <laughs> so they limit exactly, that for people yeah. like me who would abuse it. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing, though, is I think that's a great idea. And, I mean, you think Nintendo has people there working that would want people right. to find games and buy more games that are relevant like right. it just sounds weird to me yeah it all, it's just bettering the better betterment for the community and i mean it is very very convoluted right now in the mm. in the e-shop and it's kind of sad because you see but it also for us as gamers is allowing games to go real cheap because you can search by best deal if they do a big deal oh, yeah. we're able to get games for a couple couple bucks yeah and then you see your limited release of a game now it's two dollars I will say thirty for it physically. The Switch does a good job, right? Like if before you unlock it, it has the little news panels. Mm-hmm. It'll, it, it does tell you like, hey, this game's coming out. This game's coming out, which is good. Yeah, which is nice. Of course, me you having know? the Japanese account because I wanted to download some <laughs> games back in the day. I don't even have time to now. Now I have Japanese game like titles oh, too, and you can't turn it off. So I have <laughs> like I always get double tapped with everything, so it makes it yeah. unusable for me. Are they still doing the the streaming over there? In Japan? Because I know you could stream Resident Evil Biohazard over there. I, I don't but know. We, we can't do that here. Yeah, no, we can't do it here, no. but I don't but know. They had a playable version. And Fantasy Star 2 and Assassin's Creed Origin? Yeah. Or, um, Odyssey. Yeah, one of them. Yeah. So, so the other thing I'd like to see, though, for these retro-style games is, uh, at least indie in general, and so we got Mario Kart, or Mar- not Mario Kart, but Mario Tennis Aces right now for yeah. a week. Why can't we, in two weeks, for Switch Online members, get an indie game highlight? Right. Like, we'll start getting some indie games from the mm-hmm. eShop, and if you want the full game, download it. Like, yeah. Uh, we need that. Like, that sounds like a perfect idea, just mm-hmm. to, every week we could have a new game that we get to play a time trial on. That's a Nintendo thing to do, oh, instead yeah. of just giving it to you for free like every other online system does. Yeah. They give you a free one. And that just devalues. When you, when you get it for free, it just diminishes yeah. it. But giving it a time trial, I'm okay with oh, that. Yeah. And you know what? If you, get in, if you get your plays worth, you actually played it, number one, for right. a week. And if you got your plays worth, you don't need to play it anymore. And it actually values the Nintendo online service mm-hmm. better than just getting a slew of NES games. And that could create like a better review system as well Yeah, for like the eShop. Well, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because they had, like, a review system for, like, one or two days. Yeah. And they took it down saying they were going to fix it. And ever since then, there's been no review system. Yeah. So what was the issue with the review systems? Yeah. Like, just too many... Just pulled real quick. Too many lewd pictures on it and stuff. <laughs> like, that was literally the funniest thing on Mario Maker 2. We did it. Oh, my God. When we did it, like, the first comments, there was definitely a lewd picture immediately. And yeah. I was like, I'm not flagging that. Yep. That's hilarious. Yeah, Super Smash Bros. Uh, the Level crew. Yeah. yeah. First thing, you get a lewd picture. It's yep. just like without a doubt, somebody's going to be able to draw something on there. They're mm-hmm. going to. But I guess it's ridiculous. If you can, they will. <laughs> so uh, we're going to have to wrap things up. Oh, we're over. Um, yeah, we're always going to be over time Hell until yeah. they kick us out. <laughs> um, so anyways, again, you can find me um, anywhere as Hagen's Alley on social media. Mm-hmm. I have Hagen'sAlley.com, which is where I put the Switch Mania Playcast. All my books are available through my bookstore um, that are available. Um, anything that I have limited, like I have some limited uh, Super Nintendo releases that I did. I, I released 30 because I had like 23 backers and I released a couple extras. I bring them with me to conventions. So here I have Sydney Hunter, which you can get as a legitimate Super Nintendo release with the glossy box, which mm-hmm. their release from Blaze Pro was like matte. Um, Megacast Studios Little Medusa, which is a legit Super Nintendo box. I did the same template for all three, so it's consistent with the Super Nintendo releases. And then Socks the Cat Rocks the World with the actual promo art. So I brought, you know, a cu- I brought two of each. I think I already already one of the socks is gone. But mm-hmm. um, I do them for whatever I charge them. It's like a normal CIB release. Yeah. Um, it's full boxes. And I bought the items from the developers. So I do that kind of stuff too. Um, and it's HagensAlley.com. And then you can view the Switch Collector Volume 1 at SwitchOpedia.com. Um, like Encyclopedia. That's Switchopedia. And you can find me, again, on all social media platforms at NerdyNick underscore 91. I'm active on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. I've got a Facebook page where I do my main streams, and that's sporadically throughout the week, every night. 
um, just about every night. And then I do a, a midweek show called Nights with Nerdy Nick, where it's more of a sit-down, uh, what's up, my people kind of talk. <laughs> we talk about comics, uh, movie, movie news, game releases, and whatnot. Um, I just wrapped up my summer series, Summer Nights with Nerdy Nick, where I throw it back to be a little more rad, like 80s. You know, I'm all about, you know, the Burt Reynolds Magnum P.I. look during the, the summertime. And uh, you can find me on YouTube at uh, Nerdy Nick underscore 91. All right. Thanks, everybody, for coming to the panel. Hey. Yeah, thank you. See you on the floor. See you on the floor.